Welcome to Girl Dad Nation. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to support your partner through postpartum depression. So content warning, we're going to be talking about depression, suicidality, and other really heavy issues. So most of the time, podcasts um, try to keep them family friendly so you could listen to it with your kids in the car. But this episode, we're going to be sharing our personal experiences. It might get heavy. So Uh, just be forewarned about the content of this episode. (laughs) All right, so I'm joined with my lovely wife, Becca. And first, Becca, I just want to say how appreciative I am of you and just your openness to talk about these very personal and hard things. But you actually approached me with this idea, um, and I think it's really great that we are able to talk about this. So tell me, what inspired you to want to share this? Yeah, I think that um, I was uh, reading an article um, about postpartum depression and psychosis, and it was saying that so many, um, that the numbers of women who experience it there's like a certain number that we have but that that number is most likely skewed because so many women don't come forward and say that they have experienced that and uh, so they might not even be counted even if they are experiencing currently or perhaps have experienced postpartum depression in the past Mm -hmm. so uh, I mean to put the the issue of postpartum depression into context the maternal health Leadership Alliance gave a stat that said one in five women will experience a mental health disorder during pregnancy or in the first year after childbirth. That's a yeah, it's a big number. It's a mm-hmm. lot of women uh, who experience that, and I am counted within those. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced postpartum depression with two of our pregnancies, and even. Um, perinatal depression so I experienced depression and anxiety um, while we were pregnant with Maggie and was Uh treated for it so I felt like I don't know it's there's a lot of anxiety about coming forward to talk about it um, but I think it is really important and wanting people to know that um, it's okay to talk about and I wanted to yeah, just be another witness that um, that it's okay to come forward and, and not just that it's okay to come forward, but also that it's important to come forward and important to get treatment. Yeah, well, it was something that before, like, we were expecting, it's something that I knew pretty much nothing about. I don't think I even really, like, had heard that before. And I didn't know that it was something that women really deal with and then especially how common it is like one in five women um, will experience uh, that kind of mental health disorder Um, and it manifests itself in different ways Mm -hmm. so we can talk about that too but yeah it's it's a big deal I actually I also heard about this more um, I went to (laughs) this amazing thing called boot camp for new dads so I also want to plug that in this episode Um, before uh, we delivered our first child. Um, there was an opportunity through uh, the hospital that we were going to give birth at 
uh, they had this program called Boot Camp for New Dads. It's actually, there's several of them um, like all across the country, uh, which is really great. Uh, they've really expanded, but I was so grateful for that opportunity because there was so much that I didn't know as a new parent. And one of the things was just an awareness of postpartum depression. And also they shared too, how do you support your partner through this? How do you recognize the signs? How can you be an advocate for your partner? Um, because unfortunately, when someone is going through that depression, it's very isolating and they often won't speak up for themselves. Um, they might not even recognize it themselves. So yeah, as partners, uh, we want we want to look out for those things and we have to be hyper aware and the consequences unfortunately could be super drastic and you can share a little bit about your experience later too um but yeah it i think just by having awareness of this we can get help and help is out there so if you walk away with anything from this <laughs> i want you to know that there's hope and there's help and there's a community of people that love you and support you, and you don't have to go through this alone. Mm. So when did you first like, start to have feelings of that postpartum depression or any of those kinds of struggles, either like during pregnancy or after? Um, I think uh, the first time around after we had Kaylee, um, they, they tell you about it, but it, it's, there's like a, the first couple of weeks after you deliver, many women experience, most women I would say experience what they call the baby blues, mm -hmm. um, which is a physical reaction essentially. So your hormones are completely changing because you are creating certain hormones to keep the pregnancy viable. So continue to grow your baby. And once your baby leaves your body, then your body changes course and then it's you know making milk or you know it recognizes that the baby is no longer there so it completely changes course and your hormones change drastically which can cause a lot of emotional ups and downs um, and so they call that the baby blues but I think that I started feeling things feeling the postpartum depression almost immediately I mean I don't know if you remember this but we we left the hospital we got in our car, like we put, you know, we packed up all of our stuff. We had Kaylee in yeah. the back. We are driving away and I burst into tears. I couldn't yeah. stop crying. I was so overwhelmed. I was so scared and I couldn't stop crying. And you were like, uh, you know, like it was, you know, what should be kind of like a happy drive home. It's like, yeah. here we go. We're with our baby. I couldn't stop crying. And we got home, we got something to eat, I got settled, we saw people later, then I started crying again. Like, it was yeah. just, mm -hmm. I I cried a lot, and I didn't know why all the time. It was just kind of this feeling of being really overwhelmed. Um, and then I think for when I felt the perinatal depression, so experiencing depression and anxiety while I was pregnant... Um, and it's a little bit different than just experiencing depression when you're not pregnant, but because I felt a lot of sadness and anxiety around the pregnancy itself. 
So I was overwhelmed. Yeah. We we already had two kids who needed a lot from us and we were pregnant with our third and I felt like I felt a sense of dread. I'm like, how am I going to manage three kids, <laughs> three under three? And it was to the point where I like I was crying. I cried a lot. Um, I had just a hard time staying motivated. I felt really detached sometimes. Um, sometimes I'd have trouble sleeping. So those are just ways that it kind of manifested itself for me, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And even now it's still like, we're still have three kids, (laughs) three under three ish. Our oldest is four and it's a lot. (laughs) And there's, there's days, um, where, yeah, you, you're just like kind of overwhelmed by all the pressure, all the expectations and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like looking back like four years ago, like there's so much joy and anticipation and all these kinds of things. You're like, you long for just being a parent um, so much and it kind of messes with you a little bit. <laughs> like I know sometimes it's like, well, yeah, we we wished for this. And then it's like, wow, but this is like super hard. And it doesn't mean that we don't want our kids any less, but you're like, yeah, it is a hard thing but um yeah could you talk a little bit about just what that was like sort of before we got pregnant and did that shape your view afterwards yeah I mean we we struggled with infertility so we we struggled to get pregnant um and there was that like that sense of longing. I was really looking forward to being pregnant. When we got pregnant, it felt like a miracle. Like we were so, we were so excited, just like over the moon. Um, and overall my pregnancy was fine. I was really sick in the beginning. Um, but I was like, Hey, like I, you know, I, I was so excited still, even though I was like vomiting a lot. Uh, and, um, and then the rest of the pregnancy was fine. Um, but then we had kind of a traumatic delivery yeah, Mm -hmm. and it didn't go the way that I had wanted it to. And I felt like I had kind of failed, um, because I had wanted it to go a certain way and it didn't go that way at all. Um, and I think that was kind of the beginning for me. Um, but then when we got home with, with Kaylee, it was hard. You your whole life changes, and no matter yeah. how excited you are, you are not prepared for how much your life is going to change. You think you're prepared, but you are not prepared, and yeah. like you you feel like so many things are going to be natural, and they're not natural, or they don't they they might seem natural, but they don't come easily, <coughs> yeah. and that was really frustrating for me. And I, that was really what spurred so many of those intrusive thoughts was that I kept thinking to myself, I wanted this for so long, but I'm so miserable. And I, I wanted this baby. I longed for this baby, but I struggle so much to take care of her. I can't figure this out. And I always felt like I was missing a piece. Like she would cry and I was like, what am I doing wrong? And like, I mean, babies cry. (laughs) And like, that's just, that's natural. But I, and breastfeeding was really challenging to learn. And, and as a new mom, you want to do everything right. 
And I felt like I was doing everything wrong. And that's not that I was doing everything wrong. It's just that I felt like I was. I was so overwhelmed. Um, And there was a lot of shame around. I'm like, I wanted this for for so long. I wanted this really badly. And I am really miserable. And I didn't want to admit that it was hard to admit that to myself it was hard that it was hard to admit that to you it was hard to admit that to our friends um and so I kind of continued to isolate myself and it kind of spiraled from there um yeah yeah I think too did you feel that there was pressure too like as soon as you have a kid I feel like everyone and their mother, like (laughs) both of our mothers, like they are awesome moms, but everyone has an opinion on how you should be a mom or how you should be a dad. And, um, and it's totally, I just want to give you permission right here. Everyone listening to this, that you have permission to accept or gracefully decline any feedback that people have because they don't know what you're going through. They might not necessarily know all of the values that you want to pass on, et cetera. Um, But in the end, like you are entrusted to the child as their parent. And like, you know, as long as you are doing things um, for the good of the child, like in your best judgment, like it's it's your choice like you have a certain freedom in that and you will get so many different opinions and uh and I think especially it's hard on moms too um but yeah did you feel that pressure like from friends from like yeah like other people giving you advice or like just just feeling like well you know, if my mom was able to do this, how come I'm not like able to just naturally pick up certain things or whatever? Yeah, I I felt like I felt like everybody else transitioned into motherhood so much better than I did. Like everyone else, I felt like made it look so graceful that they were just so in love with their new baby. They were so in love with their new life. They were just glowing and I felt like garbage. <laughs> um, yeah. I felt like I looked like garbage, like because I hadn't slept. I had a hard time just like having the energy to like take care of myself for a lot of things. So like I didn't look very good, but I didn't feel very good. I felt tired and overwhelmed and I was leaking milk everywhere. And it was just like, I, I didn't feel like I transitioned so gracefully and so I did feel a lot of pressure like when you go out you need to make it look like you're happy you need to make it look like it's flawless you know that you have this under control and I think like not that I mean maybe some people expect you to have it all figured out I don't think as many people as I thought wanted me to have it all figured out but I felt this pressure internally that it was like you you need to look like you have it together. You need to look like you're, you know, so in love with your baby. You're so in love with motherhood that it's just like you're glowing. You're not hurting. You're you're happy all the time. Yeah. Um, 
And the truth was I was not happy all the time. I was, I cried a lot. Um, I didn't sleep hardly at all. I just, I mean, the lack (laughs) of sleep is so real. Like people joke about it, but especially like when the baby's getting up like multiple times during the night and then sometimes they're cluster feeding and for our first especially I felt like her days and nights were completely flipped Mm -hmm. and so she would be totally asleep most of the day and then at night she would just be like wide awake and like then either one of us would have to like get up and rock her and just be up with her and so man I remember like there are nights where we would be up like every hour pretty much and like Mm -hmm. and then you look look down it's like wow we only got like four hours of sleep if that yeah or less and and then that first night where we got like three hours of sleep in a row it was like game changing it's like what like now I can actually like function today yeah um even though like before that we were just you know used to just a normal kind of sleep schedule but you just you have to adapt but it's not easy and especially like for new parents it's like your whole world changes and that can be very shocking Mm -hmm. and then too I just I also want to just say reiterate sort of what you were saying too that a lot of times we only see the best on social media especially Um, everything's so curated Um, part of the podcast is just to have like real honest conversations about both the joys but also the challenges in being a parent but yeah I'm very conscious about like what I post and like I don't want to post anything that's like my house is too a mess or like this didn't look quite right and so like we we constantly are filtering like our the persona that we're putting out there for the world And I think too, um, and I love all these people, like I follow like mom blogs and stuff like that. There's people doing amazing, great things. Um, But sometimes like you see all of these like perfectly polished sorts of parents and you're like, wow, why am I not doing that? Why is my kid not eating like the way that this person is able to feed their kid all these like great things and all, all the different things that come with with comparing yourself to these like sort of perfect parents and how they made it work. And even, even I say, I end most of my podcasts with there is no greater joy than being a dad. And while I stand by that and I love that, and there's those moments where I'm like, yes, this is amazing. This is why like, I love my life and love my family and my wife and my kids just because there's like, I say that doesn't mean that there's also not challenges that go with that. There's that there's days where I like want to pull my hair out because my, because our kids are like just getting on my nerves. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's most important to like understand those balances. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I want to kind of go more into the specifics of things that you noticed, um, thoughts that started to come up, maybe a turning point where things got from just the baby blues. And I, and I do want to distinguish between the baby blues 
and then postpartum depression because Mm -hmm. there is a difference um and they're treated in different ways um and like i said earlier if it's not recognized and treated well postpartum depression can have serious consequences Mm. um but the baby blues is also something that um new dads can experience too because Mm. again it's a complete life change you aren't able to do all the things that you're (laughs) accustomed to and that can also contribute to its own sort of depression so but in terms of the postpartum depression side what did you experience um where was that shift uh, yeah, I think it started with, um, started with, I was like crying all the time. I felt really overwhelmed. Um, and I felt so overwhelmed that I, I couldn't leave the house by myself. Like the thought of like having to put Kaylee in her car seat and drive somewhere. And like, what if she had a blowout? And like, what if I couldn't clean it up? What if I didn't have all the things What if I couldn't get the stroller undone? Like, I became too overwhelmed to leave the house. And so then I I isolated myself even more. It just became like a terrible cycle. Like, I was too overwhelmed to leave the house. So then I would stay home all day. So then I became too sad. And then I was too overwhelmed to leave the house because I was so sad. And so it was a vicious cycle. Um, And I think that was a big problem And then that's because of the isolation. I think that's when a lot of the intrusive thoughts started coming in. So the intrusive thoughts are, um, that's a term that describes thoughts that you wouldn't normally have. Um, They might not even sound like you. They might sound kind of like someone else is talking to you. Um, But they can feel really scary. They can feel really dark. And so I started to have more intrusive thoughts around, um, like it started with thing with this, uh, thought was you're not cut out for this. Like you are just, you're not cut out for this. You, you're not stepping up to the plate. Um, you wanted this really badly, but you're really not cut out for this. And then it turned into, um, you know, Kaylee deserves so much better. She would be better off without you. Matt would be better off without you. And I had like weird thoughts. Like I would tell myself that, that you should, you, Matt, like should leave me (laughs) and, and like go marry somebody else and raise Kaylee. Like that would be so much better. And I, I mean, like this really, like I want to, I share that because it's like those things, those thoughts sound completely off the rail not off the rails but like completely out of left field like you you have never said anything to me of like Kaylee deserves better that you ever wanted to leave me you were never disappointed in me you never were like let's get a divorce so I can get remarried like you you were always so supportive and so loving those thoughts but those thoughts felt so real to me yeah and I I remember believing those that I'm like Matt should just leave me and and he would be happier and Kaylee would be happier and and that would just be better. And so the more I had those intrusive thoughts, um, 
the more I isolated, of course, because I was really ashamed about all of that. Um, and then there was one night where I had been up for basically the whole night with Kaylee. I was so tired. This is like probably my third or fourth night, you know, like not getting a lot of sleep. And there's something about the nighttime, especially when you're up with a baby, you feel like you're the only one in the world that's awake. And this was about the time like you had gone back to work. And so I was really trying hard to be up with Kaylee when I could because I knew that you had to get up and go to work in the morning. And I had kind of like martyred myself and I was like, I'll do it. I'll stay up all night or whatever Um, because I'm a good mom. You know, like I wanted to like prove that. And and I hadn't slept in days probably. And I was so tired and I was so lonely. And that's all I could think of was I'm, I was just like, it's just Kaylee and I were the only ones that are awake. And I was rocking her and she wouldn't fall asleep. And I was rocking her in her nursery, uh, which is on the second floor. And that's like when I had the thought was you should throw yourself out the window. And, um, that Kaylee would be better off without you and you should throw yourself out the window. And so I was rocking her. I got up, I set her down in her cradle, looked out the window. Luckily I turned around, walked the other direction. I came to you and I was like, I need you to be up with Kaylee. I need to go to sleep right now. Yeah. And you didn't question it. You didn't, you were just like, okay. And and I laid down and I slept um, for as long as I could until I needed to feed Kaylee again. Um, but when I woke up, I felt a little bit better, but I remembered having those thoughts and it felt really haunting. Yeah, it's super scary. Yeah. Like, just, like especially as a husband listening to that. Like you said, like I... It's like, I would never say any of the things that you imagined me thinking or saying. Mm -hmm. And especially like you love this person and you're like, and they have thoughts of ending their life. They have thoughts that they aren't cut out for this, aren't worthy. And like, it could be farther from the truth than from what I thought. Mm -hmm. And to think about losing you is earth shattering. So... Like, yeah, it was incredibly, incredibly scary for me and something that, like, I wasn't really attuned to. Like, I didn't know you were struggling with that until you, like, kind of blatantly told me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for your honesty in that um, because I could only imagine the worst if you didn't directly tell me. And I think I think guys can be kind of, like, you know uh clueless and sometimes like sometimes guys just need to be like told bluntly like this is what you need (laughs) um but I appreciate you so much for doing that yeah well and I I felt glad I finally said it even though I was like embarrassed and I told you and I I told my mom and you were both like it's time to call the doctor and I did I got in that day um and was able to see somebody and that was like immediately when I was able to like be treated and so I mean that's like how quickly like I want to like give hope to people it's like if you 
start to have those thoughts like the intrusive thoughts for me like only got worse the more I didn't say anything um because I had no no way to fight those intrusive thoughts they kept yeah. they stayed in my head and so I had no one say that was like of course you are a good mom to Keely. She's not better off without you. She needs you. Yeah. I didn't have anyone saying that because I didn't tell anyone that I had those thoughts. So it's like you, they'll only continue to get worse. And when I started talking about it, people immediately were like, we need you here. Keely needs you. Yeah. And and not only like do they need you, but it's like there's, there is hope. We're going to get like the supports that you need in place because – so much of this contributes like you haven't slept in days you yeah. need to trade off you know like there needs yeah, there's to be a some... <laughs> very practical aspect to you feeling completely tapped out yeah and in little ways whether it's like you know your wife comes down and the dishwasher is unloaded or like little things that are like okay i'm not doing everything myself like like you're helping out in little ways around the house that like brings some level of normalcy some level of order mm -hmm. to the otherwise chaos when you've just been up all night like trying to deal with crying or screaming or like whatever and and sometimes you're like wow I fed you or change your diaper like why are you still crying like all the different things um and yeah I think that was kind of the hardest part too where like when your kid's crying and you don't know why and you've tried what you think is everything and you still like haven't solved it like it can just be so draining um and you question yourself i think too like one of the most harmful aspects that of those thoughts is i think it makes you question your identity mm -hmm. from like what you said like that is where the attack is it's it's a, such a personal attack in who you are and I think so many people um, like put their whole identity into being a mom or being a dad. I call myself the girl dad, girl dad po podcast, a girl dad nation. And I love that. And I love that part of my identity. But I think as parents, sometimes we only see our identity as that. And especially for new parents, like when you feel like, well, this is who I am now. Why am I not good? And then we say, well, then we aren't good. Mm -hmm. We internalize that. Then we, we failed. We aren't who we ma are made for. And I think the re to recognize that we are made so much more than just like what society says like a mom should be or a dad should be. Um, those are beautiful things. But I think that's so interesting that that's like where the attack was. Like you aren't good enough as a mom and then you aren't good enough as a wife. And and it's like such a personal thing um, that that you feel like your whole self is completely gone. Yeah, you. I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't living up to the expectations of what I thought being a mother should be or like what I thought I should be doing and therefore that meant I wasn't worthy of being loved and that's like that's the fear I would argue that that's the greatest fear of every human being is that we're yeah. not worthy of being loved and 
um, and to lose the people in our life that love us. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. um, and that we love in return. And so I, uh, you know, but it, like those intrusive thoughts, I'm like, I'm doing Kaylee a favor, you know, like it, yeah. it's like you justify to yourself, um, because I didn't, I didn't feel worthy of being loved because I wasn't living up to those expectations. And like, the truth is motherhood, parenthood is really hard. No one does it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess most of the time. Um, I mean, we're on kid three and I'm still like, what, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Like, I just feel like I look at most things and I'm like, WTF is going on. I just, and that's okay. Um, and I needed to like accept that some of that is okay. It's, it's okay to lean into that imperfection. Um, and that imperfection doesn't make you unworthy. It means that you're all stretching and growing and leaning into that. Yeah. Um, and there's still love through that. Perfection doesn't equal love. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, I think there was a lot of learning. Um, but I, I'll speak to you a little bit too, like really fast, just some other symptoms that people um, may see in postpartum depression. Um, sometimes it can manifest itself as rage. Um, and so if there's someone who, like, if the mom is, like, lashing out a lot or feels really bitter, just um, just seems angry or um, irritable, like, all the time, that can be a sign of postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, other signs are, like, having trouble sleeping um, or sleeping too much. So like insomnia of just like constant pacing, like even when the baby is asleep and like mom should be sleeping, mom might yeah. still be up um, or and might be up worrying. And that could be a sign of postpartum depression or anxiety um, or sleeping too much where you feel like you can't get out of bed. All you can do is sleep. Um, the isolation isn't a big thing that I experienced, just not wanting to leave the house really not talking to my friends, not reaching out for help, not talking really to anybody. Yeah. Um, I think it was especially hard too when I went back to work mm -hmm. because like we had like two full weeks of just being able to be home, be together. We would go for walks pretty much every day. We had a summer baby, which was really nice. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was nice to be able to get out of the house. Like even though we didn't really go on trips, but we would go just around our house on walks um, but we would be able to spend the whole day together and you know share responsibilities of changing diapers and like you know having to clean up spit up and all the all the different kinds of normal stuff um, but we we had the company of each other and we got to share in the joy and you know all the tasks that come with a new baby but then I remember like going back to work and then for like full days, like I was gone for the whole day mm-hmm. and just I felt so bad leaving you. And I feel even worse, like knowing like all the internal struggle that you had too. But um, but that but that was something. Uh, so. Yeah. So what what are ways then um, that you would you would say like 
moms can get help or um or dads can like recommend things that would help or or different ways to treat postpartum depression yeah i um so i'll start with like one of the first things um if you're a new mom uh, or a new parent um just so that if you're a dad like listening to this like if you're wife or partner is going to be having a baby just know like they'll do a postpartum depression screening it happens at the six-week appointment um and that's a way to screen um for signs of postpartum depression that's when sometimes it's caught sometimes it's not um sometimes postpartum depression occurs six months after you deliver a baby so um, it might not be caught on that screening, um, but that'll ask some questions and um, that gives your provider a sense of if you might be experiencing those things. Um, if you've had postpartum depression before, so I had it with my first child, I was treated for it and because um, it was noted that I had experienced a severe form of postpartum depression where I experienced suicidal ideation. I was then flagged, so I did that postpartum screening multiple times um, before, like, like during pregnancy, um, and then after I delivered Nora and Maggie uh, multiple times. So my provider was aware that I was susceptible to postpartum depression and that it, it could happen again. Um, and so being thoughtful that, like, your provider can be a good resource to you, that they... Um, they're going to screen for it when they can. Um, I think some of the other things that have worked for me for treatment um, is that I started taking medication. I take a low dose of an antidepressant, um, and that was helpful. Um, So I know there can be a lot of stigma around medication, but um, I am a proponent that if it's helpful, like it's – it was important for me, an important step. Um, so I took that, um, and I also saw a therapist. I think that, well, as a therapist myself, I firmly believe in therapy. So I would strongly recommend, um, to see a therapist because it's, a safe space where you're able to talk about those things. And it was, I felt that it was a space where I could admit a lot of the shame that I had felt around the intrusive thoughts, around these feelings that I had. And it was a safe space where my therapist, like we would work through that. Um, and so if you're going to take, I, I don't think that, um, medication is the end-all be-all so I think medication is important and can be a really great um, option in conjunction with therapy but I would strongly recommend seeing a therapist just to have that space to be able to talk about and not feel so isolated in your own head Um, and that was super important for me Um, I saw a therapist shortly after I had the suicidal ideation I saw a therapist for six weeks and then felt a little bit better so I transitioned out Um, but once the thoughts started coming back with the perinatal depression I said I I need to start seeing a therapist again I I know that these thoughts are coming back I need to put more resources into place to make sure that I feel safe 
And so I started seeing a therapist again and still do um, just to continue to have that support, that space to um, work through a lot of those feelings um, and to have techniques and um, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? But basically the therapist is able to offer suggestions and techniques and resources that can help you and have helped me to be able to manage those symptoms. So when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling angry or when you're feeling anxious, there's a lot of things that you can do. And the therapist and I were, you know, were able to talk through those options. Um, and it makes me feel like I have much more control that my feelings don't control me, that I am in control of those, that when they come up, that I have options of things that I can do to help to mitigate that. So um, that I'm not putting myself or my kids or anyone in, in danger if my feelings get too overwhelming. So I really, I really highly recommend therapy. Again, I'm a therapist, so big proponent of it, um, that I think it's, it's really important and has been extremely beneficial for me. Yeah, and I also just want to say how beneficial I think therapy is. Um, I think, too, it's not just something for if your wife is struggling with postpartum depression. I think there's also benefits, too, as a new father to go to therapy. There's been times, too, where I've been able to see a therapist and it's nice to be able to talk to someone. Um Hopefully you're able to have open communication uh, with your spouse and um, and that's great. But to be able to talk to someone in a private setting and who kind of knows your story, especially if you've been going more regularly, um, you can kind of just check in too. It's nice to have someone that's just like not going to judge you, <laughs> is going to be able to support you, help you get that clarity too, and offer advice and support. Um so yeah, I, I think for each person, um, it's a really great option. So I also wanted to just uh, say that I also support that. And then, yeah, what, what are some other resources? Um, I think other things, um, I have felt exercise has been a really important um, outlet for me. Um, and for whatever works for you, if that's walking or running or Pilates or yoga yeah. or and weightlifting. Sometimes you're not able to always get to the gym too, which is like a whole daunting thing yeah. as a new parent. But yeah, plug the resource that you use since I think that's really great. Yeah, I use this resource called Mama Strong, M-O-M-M-A-S-T-R-O-N-G. Yeah, Google it. Google Mama it. Mama Strong. Um, and I started using it probably six months after we had Kaylee, and it was a game changer for me. Um, their 15-minute workouts, which was like something that I could actually manage. I couldn't manage an hour-long workout yeah. as a parent. So And it's led by a mom. Led by a mom. she often has like her kids like exercising in the background with her. Yeah, like her toddler like climbs all over her and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's basically my life yeah. too. So. It's like more real life than like, you know, some like single 20 year old like here's how to like <laughs> exercise right and yeah so I, th- I think that's really great and I, I've noticed a difference just in you feeling more motivated and and also like practical things like you don't have to exercise for an hour like mm-hmm. it's like what can you do in your day and then 
even like with your kids with you and I know like Kaylee and Nora like will sometimes like follow along with the exercises that you're doing yeah or they climb on me while I do planks and stuff but with mama strong that those are those things are welcomed which made me feel like I was welcomed into the space of working out even though my life looks so different than when I was in high school or when in like in college when I was an athlete and I was working out all the time like there's and you're able to get to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, but, it's a lot more easy. But now, yeah, so I really recommend Mama Strong. And there's also just like lots of YouTube videos and resources that are free um, to do. But really recommend exercises, a wonderful way to, um, and it doesn't have to be anything drastic. You don't have to push yourself too hard. Just ways that you move your body gives you endorphins helps you to feel just a little bit more settled I think in your body and I always felt much more grounded helped me to work through some of the feelings of I'm overwhelmed or I'm frustrated or you know all those things so um I really I think exercise has been huge for me um and um I'd say too like this time around I'm seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist that's also been (coughs) just really beneficial uh, for me physically healing after labor and delivery um, after giving birth three times so that as a resource has been really cool and I've felt so much better physically which I think has helped me to feel better emotionally and I think the last thing I'd say is that um, you should make a list every mom should have a list of friends family um that they can call and if they need something or if they just want to talk and you would be surprised how many of your friends and family will immediately say you can call anytime and that they really mean it and I think it's not just like a nice like oh like call me if you need anything it's people really do mean it especially if you have friends that are also moms and I mean I've I'll just illustrate this with a quick story, but my provider, my doctor said they were the ones that recommended, hey, make your list of people that you can call. And so I was like texting my friends. I was calling my friends. I'm like, is it okay if I put you on my list? And I felt kind of shame, shameful about it. I was so embarrassed. I was like, can I put you on this list that I have to make? Um, I told my doctor I would. And it started to get around it was passed around through all my friends and I was getting texts and phone calls and they were like put me on your list put me on your list you can call anytime and people and you know my friends were like you I really mean it you call anytime day or night if you're up in the middle of the night and you are feeling sad or you're feeling those thoughts again you call me and you know my family said the exact same thing they're like I'm on your list and it, it was yeah. like I had a list of speed dial. We kept it on our refrigerator. Yeah, I think and that's empowering like, yeah, to no. know that you have people in your corner. Oh, yeah. It was it meant everything to me. And I felt, it, well, it made the world, that isolated world that I had created for myself where I was the only person in it and I was so alone and I was suffering so much. It expanded it so much where people were like, we're here for you. And I yeah. felt so lifted up by that, that it didn't feel so hard anymore. The burden didn't feel so heavy. It felt like I had people that I could talk to. And 
all of my friends without fail completely normalized my experience. Nobody made me feel like, wow, that's like kind of crazy. You're kind of crazy. No one said anything. They were like, they're like, Becca, motherhood is so hard and we all have to just like get through this together. Like, and like when I told them that I had those thoughts of like, everyone else just made it look like they transitioned into motherhood so easily. All of my friends laughed. They were like, ha ha. Like they were like, seriously, like, like that's funny that that's what you thought. Cause that's not what it felt like. And so to have so many people around me who were like, we're here for you we're in the trenches with you and we're holding you up during this time. You can call anytime. Um, and so I kept that list. I still have that list. And after we delivered Nora, after we delivered Maggie, I had my friends, you know, they checked in with me. They're like, do you still have your list? Do you remember you can call me? Um, and so make your list and know that people will show up for you. I think that's such a great gift that you can offer someone else too, is to just let them know that they can call you or text you anytime too, that you are there for them. And that's so important. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about doing a podcast like this is to like really like expand your community and also like bring those people in closer that you know, we all are struggling with all these different things, but to know that you have someone that's been there that can offer you advice or encouragement or just to be like, yeah, like, like I'm here just to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so amazing uh, to have that. Um, And then one other resource that I just want to jump in and add is the meal train options too. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that is, it's basically just a way that people come together as a community and bring meals to a family and it can be for a variety of different reasons like sometimes families going through like a loss or a tragedy or some something like that hard or a new life transition too like someone just moved or whatever but like having those meal trains that you can provide and you can set that up too for a new family if you know of a new dad um offer to make them a meal train and you could just go online google meal train and you can set one up for free um and people can sign up to just bring a meal to the family i know we had that done for us and again i was just overwhelmed by the generosity and the willingness of our friends and family to like just bring us a meal and in the chaos of everything else, it's so nice to just be like, oh, here's a hot meal that's ready for us mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And you wouldn't believe like how fast the days go by. I remember it's just like, you know, even though you're home all day, sometimes it's like eight o'clock hits and you're like, wow, we haven't even like thought about dinner because we've been doing literally everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another really nice resource that you can provide uh, to just offer that support. Definitely. So I think I, because this is the Girl Dad Nation podcast, um, I've shared a little bit of the story from my point of view, but I think it's important that you share ways, maybe start with things that you noticed, signs that you noticed that I might be experiencing postpartum depression, um, but also things that you would encourage dads um to support their partners with perhaps things you've done or would have done differently 
um, but just ways that dads can could show up for their partners if they might be if their partner might be experiencing this. Sure. Yeah, I'll explain a little bit of my experience, but I'm not an expert in this. There's so much that I probably should have done differently, would have done differently. Um, thinking back on it now, but I think you know you are gonna know your partner. Um, hopefully better than anyone else. But that doesn't mean that you will always recognize those signs right away. So one of the things too is to let other people know in your community, like to have an awareness to also look for those signs. Mm -hmm. So we have some really good friends that like I talked about that with where it's like, yeah, like let me know if these are the things that I learned about postpartum depression, like I want you to also be looking out for these things. Um, make me aware because sometimes like you also are super tired, you're not getting enough sleep and you just think all of these new emotions are kind of normal. So having other people too, it's really important to ask for that. And then, but also, you know, people are a little bit different. So, you know, if your partner's more of an introvert, they might just naturally want to gravitate to being kind of, you know, more private, staying at home and stuff. Um, but yeah, just notice those differences, um, those drastic shifts in personality, because if they're normally like an outgoing person and they're always like thinking of the next thing to do on the weekend, but then they're having a really hard time doing those normal kind of things or... Like if your partner is normally like very active and like has been going to the gym or at least working out and they like suddenly have a disinterest in those things that normally bring them joy, those would be signs to look for. Um, and it's also really important too to plan date nights <laughs> or and even if you're not going out, to plan intentional time together, even if it's at home for just a couple hours while you put the baby to bed. Um, but those times where it's just you and your partner able to really have time, meaningful time together to talk and to just be honest with each other. You could talk about those hard things. You can share. And sometimes the vulnerability of one partner leads to vulnerability in the other. So it's okay as a new dad to be like, you know, this is a lot harder than I thought. And to be like, yeah, I'm completely overwhelmed. And or I got like this piece of advice that like didn't make me feel good. Um, and to share those things kind of gives permission for the other to open up. Um, so that's one way to sort of increase the conversation. But I think the best thing you can do is to keep that communication open and make sure that they know that it's a safe space, that you can share these things, especially when it's difficult, especially when like it's serious, especially thoughts of suicide or anything like that, those things shouldn't be kept to yourself. You need that support group. You need to be able to rely on your partner. So yeah, th that's just a couple things I would say. Um, and I unfortunately wasn't quick enough on that as I should have been. I should have been picking up on those things and encouraging that support, encouraging you to go to therapy sooner, 
um, or like talking with your doctor about those things. Um, like I wish that I would have acted sooner, but I'm so grateful that you told me when you did. And then at that moment, we like jumped into action. It's important to take those things seriously because mm-hmm. so often it's just too easy to just be like, oh, that's fine. It's just, just something that you're going through now. It's something that you'll get over. And if you have that mentality, unfortunately, it could have really drastic consequences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, any last bits of advice or encouragement for people uh, before we wrap up this episode? I would say that for new moms or veteran moms, wherever you're at, that it's really motherhood is really hard and I think it's okay to say that and I was always afraid to say that and I I wanted to look like I was so grateful you know that everything was rainbows and butterflies but the truth is is that it's not and that it's really hard and you give a lot as a mom and so remember that it's okay to admit that sometimes things are hard and that you are also worthy of love. You're worthy of being taken care of yourself and to ask for that help when you need it and to not feel shame around that. So there's, there is help out there. And so perhaps if you're not close with your family, perhaps you might have friends that you can lean on, but the first step is to really ask for help and don't be afraid to do that. And I, Mm. I have fallen into the trap of being too embarrassed to ask for help that like I should I should know better you know I should I should be able to handle this but that saying of it takes a village it's true it does it takes a lot of people one tiny human or many tiny humans it takes (laughs) a lot of hard work and so reach out for that help and know that it's okay and that you're loved you're doing an awesome job and I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here. I'm just saying like, hey, all moms, they're they're working hard. They're the best. And um, I know it's always meant a lot to me when moms, you know, catch me in the grocery store and my kids are like having a total meltdown and I'm like about ready to have a total meltdown. And moms have come up to me and they're like, you're doing a great job. This is hard. And I could have burst into tears. I was so yeah. grateful. Just... We all need to support each other. So I, I'm i rooting for you. And um, just remember that you you are doing everything. You're doing everything that you can. So yeah. I, can I end with one last thing? Yeah. I, I like yeah, of course. kind of ranted, but I have. No, that's great. I think that's all really great advice. There was just like this caption, just like from my Instagram. Um, but I, I, I read these words and it's from Tallulah Alexandra. That's the, uh, the person on Instagram who wrote this, but I held on to these words and I often read them when I'm having a hard time, but she says, becoming a new mother is incredibly overwhelming from exactly how you are supposed to do things to when they are supposed to happen. 
There are pieces of the puzzle that are new and unfamiliar and seem to me to be completely out of reach. While I'm still a new mom and will be able to claim that title for a while, I've persevered through every turn. Whenever I thought I couldn't go on any longer, I went on. Whenever I thought that I wasn't capable of something, I did it anyway. Whenever my baby has needed me, I've been there. Very beautiful. So that has really carried me through. Um, And so reminding yourself of that, that even when things have been hard, you've shown up. And that when your baby has needed you, you have been there. Yeah, that's so important. Just having the courage to just keep showing up. Keep showing up. Like that's... That's all that's asked, you know? It's like, just keep doing the best that you can, and your best is good enough. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Becca, thank you for having these conversations. I love being married to you. I love raising kids with you. And yeah, I hope that these conversations, um, just that vulnerability will be able to help others know that they're not alone. So thank you so much. All right, so that wraps up this episode of how to support your partner through postpartum depression. Um, Heavy topic, you know, but there's resources out there. I want to also just give some resources for people. There's the Postpartum Support International. And yeah, just Google that. Um, You could also go to postpartum.net. That's their website. And you can find their hotline on the website and I'll put a link to it in the description. Um, So that's a great resource. There's also a hotline for suicide and crisis lifeline. Um, So if you or someone you know is dealing with a crisis um, or thoughts of suicide, please, please take the initiative and Uh, make that call. Um, It's serious. You are important. You are important enough. You are loved. And make sure that you get help. That number for that uh, hotline is 988 uh, for the suicide hotline. And yeah, so please share this episode if it has been meaningful to you or if you know someone who would, would benefit from this. Um, I really, really appreciate the support of all of our community. To our family and friends who have been with us, thank you for all that you do. And until next time, go be a dad.